spent more than 20 years in engineering and then suddenly decided to become a tech recruiter. But now he's here to give you insights on all things recruitment from an engineer's perspective. This is Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. Hi there, and welcome to episode one of Dubel's Talks. It's 2021, and hopefully this year will be a little bit better than last year, as that was really terrible. My mission for this year is to lighten up the mood and bring added value to the life of recruiters, their managers, and their hiring managers. So why me? What do I have to add to all those already great podcasts out there? Well, the answer is simple. I look at things differently, or better said, I look at recruitment through the eyes of an engineer. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So before we get into the topics of the show, I wanted to share a little bit about my background. So when I started my first job, I never, and I mean never, ever imagined ending up in recruitment. My first job was as an electrical and mechanical engineer on board of warships at the Royal Dutch Navy, where I spent five years sailing the seas, seeing the world, and working on every little piece of tech that a ship can hold. In 2000, I switched to the Air Force to start a career in the communication technology and IT sector. I stayed there for 12 and a half years until I had to find a new career. This ended up being a career in the offshore and renewables industry as an operator, engineer, project engineer, lead manager, and eventually a director at a satellite startup. So for more than 20 years, I was active in the technology world on different levels before I became a technical recruiter. So why the shift then? Well, it's a long story for another time, I guess, and you can read all about it at markdobel.com, but let's say that after dealing with a lot of bad recruiters, I also met a few good ones. And an amazing one finally found me and convinced me that if I love building teams so much, recruitment could be something for me. It was kind of a hard choice to move in recruitment because I didn't like how most recruiters did their job. And in all honesty, recruiters had a better reputation, especially in the engineering world. My friends and colleagues basically said I was crazy to even consider it. So I needed to make a choice and made up my mind by saying, hey, if you cannot beat them, join them. And so I did. I really liked recruitment when I started out, but I really fell in love with it when I made the transition from agency to in-house. It was there that I finally found what I wanted to do, have an impact, have an impact on the teams, on the company, see how people evolve over time. I was active on candidate outreach, processes, tooling, and much more. In 2019, I was drawn to public speaking, and that was the eye-opening part for me. I met amazing, talented recruiters, sources, and leaders that have an amazing impact on the world of recruitment. But I also saw how small that group is and how hard the fight is to actually make a change. The problem is still that recruiters have a bad name out there. And I made it my goal to help change that by adding value to the community. So here we are. Someone thought that it was a good idea for me to buy a mic and share my thoughts with the world. Um, So this podcast will be two-sided. On the one side, I'll be making a a how-to or almost training style podcast. And on the other side, I will be having guests to talk about the topics and there will be some more lighthearted episodes. So let's get this show started. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. While I would love to kick off this series with candidate outreach, as that's something that I deeply, deeply care about, we will need to start building a foundation first. 
You will hear that word more often because I love building foundations. It's the most important thing you can do before you do anything. Without the right foundation, we can't build a quality outreach. So for that reason, we'll start with the process before we even reach out to anyone. And in this episode, we will cover a short note on building a relationship with your hiring team and the importance of that. Building a kickoff document, what needs to be in it and why. Having the kickoff call, why do you need that? And with whom do you have it? And the impact on you, your teams and the next steps when you have a good approach. What I'm sharing in this episode is not the source of truth. There are many roads that lead to Rome, but this has proven more than effective for me and the people I've mentored and trained over time. It's a mix of my experience as an engineer, hiring manager and a recruiter. At the end of each session, I will share practical tips and will discuss the impact on you and your complete process. So stay tuned to the end of the show. So why do we want to build a relationship with the team? Well, hiring for a team can be done in two ways. You can go for butts on seats, just find someone that matches the job description and get them in. Don't worry about the future, they dare to do the job. Or you can go for best in seat. You work with the team to find the best person for the job for now and the future so that they actually add value to the team. So option two is the option we're discussing today. So getting to know a role so you can have the best person in seat is more than just getting a job description and an answer on the question, hey, what are you looking for? While that could work, you're not effectively using the relationship you can have. By utilizing the relationship, you can get more information and be prepared. So how do you build that relationship? It starts with an initial call. Building relationships is more than just talk about work and hiring. It's personal. It shows mutual respect and interest, even when not hiring. So it all starts with a chat, right? A human chat, not an I need info chat or I need something from you chat. So reach out for an initial meeting and say, hey, I want to get to know you better, your team better, your struggles, projects, and everything that's coming and more. Be human, be genuinely interested and get to know them. Be open about yourself and build rapport. What I normally do is just introduce myself, have them introduce themselves, ask them, hey, why are you working at this company? Uh, Tell them why you're working there and what you like to do, what drives you in recruitment, all those kind of things, right? That will help you by starting the conversation. It doesn't need to be long, but it's super important. Once you started that initial conversation, you make sure that on every call, you at least talk about some personal things, even if it's just two minutes. It will help you humanizing you instead of being a service and your hiring manager will become more than just a client. When you feel the personal part is slowly moving away from being fruitful, being helpful and giving you less energy, then you shift towards work and you talk about it, not the position they are hiring for yet. That's something you do on a kickoff call. Now you're going to ask them about the team, the setup, the projects, the roadmap. That will give you an idea of who you are actually hiring for. Finally, you talk about the wreck. So what's the impact on that, that small first call? Well, the benefits of a good relationship are better insights in what they're hiring, when they're hiring, how they're hiring, expected attrition, internal mobility, and thus the whole hiring roadmap. But you will also learn about the team setup, what they do right now, the direction that they're going in, their struggles, and what they're actually looking for even if there's not a job open yet. 
But the best benefit of all is that you might actually like the team that you're working with. So here are some tips. When you reach out, explain to the hiring manager that this effort will pay itself back in the long run because time is money. Make sure to open the call without boasting about how good you are. Be humble, make it personal, be friendly. Start with telling a bit about your background, but also why you joined the company. Listen to their story, make notes. On follow-up calls, use those notes. Maybe read up on something they mentioned or ask about how something went like, hey, Last time we spoke about you moving house, how did it go? Simple things that show interest. And when you spoke to the hiring manager, try to see if you can talk to a lead engineer or any other engineer that makes an impact on the team. Ask if they have someone in mind for you to talk to as well. This shows interest and will help you in the long run, as you will find out later in the show. Also ask about the product or technical roadmap. This will not only prepare you for future hiring, but will help you in your outreach. So as you can see, there's already so much value you can get from a simple conversation. And now that we had the first meeting, it's time to talk about the hiring needs. The hiring needs are often two-sided. One is the future hiring needs, part of the strategy we will discuss in another episode. And two are the more direct hiring needs. And this is what we're just gonna discuss right now. So let's start with the first step, the kickoff document. This is the absolute first step you can do. The kickoff document is a document I send out to the managers as soon as I hear they will open a new position. This document contains the questions to gather the right information I need to make sure that I'm looking for the right person for the hiring team. But not just that, it's there designed to make them think about what they actually need. So what's on that doc? I normally start with the job description, right? A link to the job description so that I at least know the basics of what they think they're looking for at that time. And then I ask them, what's the general thought for now and in the future? So where's the team right now? Where is it going? And what will this position add to get to that goal? Often you will hear about the struggles that the team has or the dreams that they have and where they want to be in a year, maybe two years. This can actually help you. And then what value will the candidate add and why are you looking? Is this a backfill? Is this a new role? Is it an impact on the team or the product? Are you looking for a specific skill set to build something or do you need somebody to lead the team? If you find that out, then you're going to ask, hey, what are the three mandatories or four mandatories? What are our skills that actually need to be there? I call them the knockout skills. If somebody doesn't have those skills, they don't make a chance. As soon as I know the knockout questions, I will start asking them about the personality traits they're looking for. Now, there are a huge amount of helpful tools there, but often they're super expensive and sometimes you're just not allowed to use them. So what I did is build something for myself. I just use four colors that represent everything. Red, yellow, blue, and green. The red people for me are the decision makers. Those are the ones that actually dare to stand up and say, you know what? I heard enough. We have solution A, B, and C. We're gonna do B. Everybody okay? And they go for it. They are a little bit more determined. Now, the yellow people are the ones that often are the leaders. Those are the ones that pull the team ahead, that bring new initiatives, that spark the conversation, 
but they do not always make the decision. They have the ideas, they pull the team forward, they are influencers. The blue ones are the people that are super detailed, they're super precise in what they want to do. They don't want to be pulled into the whole project often. They just want to be specialized in their job. And then there's green, the glue of the team. The people that support everyone everywhere. They are super important. When you look at those four colors, people are not just one color. They are a combination of colors. So if you look at me, for example, I'm yellow, way top yellow. Then there's red, that's still very strong with me. But then the green is very low and the blue is almost not there. It kind of explains why I went from engineering to recruitment, right? Because I really missed that blue spot. So now we know the few skills that we need and the, and the traits that we need. We're gonna talk about, hey, how do I sell this to the people I source? Because all's fun and well, but often you need to source for people. So how can I sell this? What are the primary selling points? When you have that answer, you also learn about the team because then you know about what's fun in the team or what the challenges are. And then you can say, okay, so we're hiring this person. What is their role within the team? What are they covering at this moment? And who will they interact with? Is it just with the primary team or will they talk to stakeholders from other teams? It can be everything, so be prepared because often candidates want to know who will they report into, those kind of things. Now, sometimes jobs are complicated, really complicated. So sometimes you want to know what's an automatic no for a person. So it's the opposite of the, the, the questions that you really wanted to have, right? It's the opposite of the mandatories. Sometimes there's some kind of skill or some kind of company that they say, no, I just don't want people from there. And the next one, it depends really on your company, right? So in my case, I want to know where in the world they want the person to be hired and what the reasoning is. So is it in the US, EMEA, APJ? And if so, why? Does it have to do with local support on time zones? Um, is it just about expanding the team? It can be everything. For budget reasons, it's also very important to know what kind of HR level we're looking for. And again, why? because this is a very important thing. And this is a topic that I often discuss with my hiring managers. Do you really need a senior person? If the whole team is senior, then who's the senior? Wouldn't it be better to hire either a principal to lead all the seniors or a junior to be actually be trained by the seniors? This is a discussion that really was fruitful in most of my, my hiring and something I really encourage you to do. Ask them why it needs to be a senior. What's the goal? Because it's not only impacting budget, it's impacting the team. And then we touch something beautiful, strategy. So what's the strategy? Are you sourcing first? Are you opening the rack and just see what the inbound is? Are you utilizing your networks or their networks? Are you posting it on job boards? What's the actual sourcing strategy there? In some cases, the role is so specific that you can actually say, hey, listen, this is a new role for me, or this role is so specific. Why don't we start with a sourcing session with me and one of your engineers? We sit together and we go over some profiles and I will learn at the same time. In this way, we have an optimal result in a short time. And yes, it will actually cost that engineer a little bit of time, but we will hire the reinforcements sooner. So the impact is directly clear. And when you get all that information, 
you can know what you're looking for and then you want to know what kind of questions do you want me to ask. So for qualifying the candidate, you want to basically know, hey, what kind of skills and knowledge do they need? What's their track record? What have they done in the past? What are they looking for? And what's their motivation, right? If you know what to ask, then your kickoff dog is basically finished. The benefits of a kickoff dog are pretty simple. By letting the hiring manager think about the questions and answering most of them, you eliminate a lot of time spent on fairly basic information during the next stages, and that's the kickoff call. So you save a lot of time and your kickoff call actually gets better. You can also prepare on topics more if you're not familiar on, for instance, the tech skills you never recruited for. So instead of just going into a call blindly, you can actually already Google some stuff, prepare yourself and come to the meeting prepared. This will impress the hiring manager, the hiring team, and will help you a lot. And the last one, it saves you a lot of note-taking. Now that we had completed the kickoff dock, I personally prefer to go to the kickoff call as soon as possible. I like to do that with the hiring manager and with the hiring team, but this is not always an option. If you're a distributor throughout the world, you have time zones, super busy teams, sometimes you have to split it up. So what I sometimes do is have the kickoff call with the hiring manager and everybody that can join and have separate calls with the interviewers. Now the hiring manager needs to do these calls anyways because he needs to align what they're looking for with the interviewers. That's not completely your job. So in kickoff call, we go over the details of the doc and ask for the details where needed. Make sure you get every question that you have answered, but also advise them on things like mandatories. Sometimes they don't make sense, right? You know the market, you know what you're looking for. Sometimes they don't know that market. So make sure that their demands make sense and let them know how that will impact pipeline, the sourcing and diversity. So in the kickoff call, you can run into different discussions. It can be super simple and within 10 minutes you're done. Um, it can also take an hour because the team is not exactly aligned on what they're looking for. And this is where you get the most value. When they're not super aligned, it means that it will spark a conversation. A moment for you to learn, a moment for the hiring manager to learn as well. Get to a solution where everybody's happy and everybody's aligned. Nose is in the same direction and here we go. Some of these calls will actually help you with learning, but also with, with understanding where the team is going. If they're asking for two similar technologies, for instance, you can actually ask them, hey, why do you want both? Normally you only use one. Often they will tell you, hey, we're in the stage of transitioning from one to the other. That's important information you can share with your candidates, but it's also important information when you are sourcing, right? If you know what to look for, and you know that there's a new technology coming, Make sure that you get an expert in that technology that still has affinity with the other. So all these things will help you building a better relationship with the hiring manager, with the hiring team, and especially if you can source with them um, and, and maybe even do a little bit of that on the call, right? Show some profiles on that call and, and see if you're right. That can really, really elevate your game and help that team. Thank you.
So what did that all get us? All this information, that amazing amount of information that we can use. Where do we use it? We're going to use it in sourcing and screening candidates. So check out the next episode because we will be using all that we've discussed today in our sourcing efforts and outreach. As for some final tips, beware, make it personal. You're a partner, not a service, and they are a partner, not a client. Invest some effort, show the hiring team you care and they will be willing to help you as well. Be diligent. Don't go into a call without understanding what they're looking for on a basic level. Don't go on that call without understanding what the team actually does. If you go in blind, they will notice and you have a hard job. Now, very important, document everything. If you go on leave or get sick or whatever happens, your colleague that covers for you will be very grateful. Not only that, if you document everything and the hiring team can access that doc, they can either check for some mistakes or they can update it over time. While hiring, the process can change. They might decide they want to change some things. By sharing the document, you are basically creating a living update. And it's very simple. A good foundation delivers great results. So spend some time on building those foundations. It will actually save you a lot of time later on. So leave a comment or review on this podcast. Reach out to me via markdobel.com or find me on LinkedIn. And next week, we will talk about sourcing and outreach. I promise you that will be a special one. So see you next week and take care.